0: There's still golf to be played this year. There's still one major left, the US Women's Open in December. And there's a final PGA Tour event too, the Mayakoba Classic. We hope that wherever you are, there's a little more golf to be played too. But as the year winds down, it's time to consider who made the most of a trying year. In the golf world, who were 2020's biggest winners? Today, Sean Zockel joined me to break it down. I'm Dylan DeCher and this is The Drop Zone. All right, Sean, it has been quite the year. It's not over. I'm not saying it's over, but I am saying we're here to get ahead of all those year-end lists of winners, losers, best of. We're tackling it midway through November.
1: Were we winners this year?
0: Did we win? I'm not confident that we were.
1: There was a moment uh, in middle of September where you hung out with Bryson DeChambeau after mm. he won the U.S. Open.
0: Oh, steak, little potatoes. I didn't even make a potatoes. There's one of the meat. I'm going to finish that off in just a little bit. Got some pizza or game.
1: We proceeded to miss a flight about six hours later. Yep. And yet we were somehow still able to make it to Torrey Pines South and talk to a bunch of the best golfers in the world in the next like twenty four hours. Is that where the drop zone and
0: peaked in twenty twenty?
1: I think we had to peak then. You yeah. hang out with the major winner. We go to play the next US Open course at mm-hmm. sunset. We have a great little afternoon at Torrey Pines. And then we hang out with Xander and Berger <laughs> and Morikawa and Jess Corda the next day. And so yeah, that's where that's where we won.
0: That's a really strong point. We didn't we didn't get to perform on the course as much as we like to in a typical year. But hey, we're we're not really here to bring our golf to the people. Yeah, it's
1: it's not about us. You know who it's about? It's about Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is by far one of the biggest winners of 2020.
0: All right, start us off. Here's number 1 winner Patrick Reed. Defend yourself.
1: He's one of the biggest losers of 2019. You'll remember. That he got stuck in some bunker fiasco in December of twenty nineteen. And we thought that it was gonna follow him along for the entire year. This was his practice swing, and you can see when he took the club back, he definitely took some sand back behind it. Now you can we thought that people were gonna continue yelling at him while he was playing like they did during his playoff in Hawaii. David Faraday called him Captain Oblivious, which I thought was a great little nickname. Peter Costas was telling people, I've seen Patrick Reed improve his lie in the rough numerous times. Yikes. And yet, here we are, November going on December 2020, and we don't even do anything about this. We joke about it. We don't care about it. Patrick Reed won in Mexico. He contended. I think you can say he contended at the U.S. Open. He missed one cut after the restart. He's a winner this year because we don't care about what happened in past.
0: I guess this is where like the phrase "bigger fish to fry" comes in. Like our biggest problems, man. What a great time to be alive. Last December, where our biggest worry was Patrick Reed kind of messing around in a waste bunker in the Bahamas. Life was pretty good. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a pretty fair one because look, we just don't even talk that much about Patrick Reed right now. He's sneaky number eleven in the world. He's gonna be back on the U.S. Uh, Ryder Cup team if he if he keeps up, you know, his current run of play. He's been damn good. I guess Sean, I'll transition to uh, Patrick Reed's playing partner. The Saturday of the U.S. Open, when it looked like Reed might be potentially a major champion again, he faded a little bit. Bryson DeChambeau took over, as he really took over the headlines, took over the narrative, took over aspects of the golf world all year long. This one is an obvious choice. And Bryson DeChambeau is indeed a U.S. Open champion at Wingfoot.
1: So he's he's winner number he's, two.
0: He's winner number two, and and it might seem like an obvious choice, yeah, just based on again. headlines. But it, it needs to be mentioned. I mean. Let's talk about post-quarantine. Bryson DeChambeau returned. He had put on a ton more weight. He had shockingly played zero rounds of golf since the pandemic started, since the Players' Championship. But he came straight out of the gate, finished, uh, what, third, eighth, sixth. Then he won at the Rocket Mortgage. So came out pretty hot. And then, of course, capped it off with an absolutely life-changing win at the US Open. Yes, a couple weeks ago at the Masters, he did not he did not live up to the lofty expectations that we had set. He finished T34, he barely made the cut. But I guess it's a sign really of how far he shifted the conversation that we were talking about anything besides a win basically being a disappointment at Augusta.
1: When you say that he's one of the biggest winners? Yes. Are
0: you describing his body or his uh, significance? Yeah, that I don't know how to respond to this, but he, he's very large.
1: <laughs> he's huge. How Bryson large is, is huge. he? Bryson is is so large. Uh, his hands are big. His fingers are big. His neck, is big. His waist is is increased. Uh, all of it in the name of distance. Really, the 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 win that Bryson had. Uh, really achieved this year. I think he just kind of won over people a lot. You know, he lost Mm. fans. He had some kind of weird, you know, attempts to get rules to go in his favor, but he won a lot of people over by winning golf tournaments. America loves winners. We love champions. You go out and win a major. People will love you. And so I think for that reason alone, Bryson is a pretty Yeah, what does Tiger Woods
0: say? Winning takes care of everything. It definitely does. People have forgotten about the Ants situation, the, uh, the at Memorial. All right, Sean, winner number three.
1: Winner number three is you, me, anybody who argues about distance. Whether you're for, increased distance against, increased distance. If you have a take on distance, you're a winner this year. This question comes from MasterCard holder Brent from Canada. Uh, Rory, after this U.S. Open, is raining in the golf ball distance as Jack Nicklaus has campaigned for an urgent issue to implement, or let technology body conditioning continue to push the limit?
0: Oh, (laughs) Yeah, thanks Brent. Um,
1: (laughs) Because that's all we talked about. Long hitters. Our winners, club companies who want to give you the newest driver that is somehow different than the last driver. Everyone at home that's entertained by 400-yard drives—you're a winner because Bryson did that. He pushed it onto us. Matthew Wolf does it, and then you got Rory McElroy, Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau using their incredible social followings to say, hey, this is what I'm working on. I'm working on ball speed, y'all. Speed. I'm working on swing speed. I'm working on making this ball go as far as it possibly can go. And then what? Phil Mickelson debuts a 47 and half inch driver. Bryson says, I'm testing out the max 48-inch drivers. Adam Scott, he hits it further than he ever has because he's using a 46-inch driver. So anyone who's four-distance – Really for it, you're a winner. But also, very importantly, anyone Mm -hmm. who's against it is also a winner. We're all winners. Because (laughs) on the flip side of all those gains, you have the governing bodies starting to get real, starting to get publicly out there with their thoughts on it. Martin Slummers, CEO of the RNA, says, I think this might officially be a problem. Fred Ridley, chairman of Augusta National, says, Look, we are prepared to do things if no one else does things. We can continue to fight distance in the game with various things. Jack Nicholas starts kind of like wait, not necessarily waving the red flag, but like sounding the alarm saying Bryson could d- drive the first green. Whether that's actually plausible doesn't matter. Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. is thinking about it and Jack is talking to Mike Davis and Jack is saying hey, I think they were going to do something about the ball this year. They were going to roll it back in 2020. They couldn't. COVID changed things up, but it's coming. So even the people who hate distance, who want St. Andrews to pack a little punch, they're a winner as well this year.
0: This could be the thing that like pushes it over the edge, right? On the one hand, yes, there's unprecedented distance. On the other hand, is something like Bryson an extremely visible figure like the face of the distance debate is that sort of what we need do we need someone to say look I don't really care about anything else right now except hitting the ball far and basically trying to break golf the way it's currently being played that's the thing clearly he's clearly he's found something it's working
1: people who are like hating Bryson right now might eventually love him he might have been the big boy straw that broke the camel's back.
0: Well, one thing we know for sure, hitting the ball far is going to continue to be a large advantage no matter what happens to the golf ball, no matter what happens to the equipment. Shout out to Bryson and distance. But, Sean, my next winner is a feel-good one for all of us. Golf at large. <laughs> I mean, look, when when the virus hit, I was at the Players' Championship. I was in Ponavedra, had just finished up a, a round at Jacksonville Beach, um, when it seemed like, wait a minute, this tournament is not going to continue. This is this is really a sign that society is about to change big time, and it, it seemed like there would be a major effect on the business of golf as well. And certainly, we saw that rounds in March, year over year, were down nine or ten percent. Rounds in April were down. year over year. And at that point, more than half the country's courses were closed. You couldn't play really much golf anywhere. I was in Massachusetts. There were no courses open at that point. Um, And then things changed suddenly and positively. Listen to this. In May, rounds year over year were up 6%. In June, they were up 14%. July, they were up 19%. August, they were up 20%. September, up 26%. They just keep climbing, 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 climbing. By December, it might be double year over year. Who knows? Overall, the projections have the year over year rounds up 10%, including whatever the black hole of April was. So, I mean, that is remarkable. I've seen it with some of my friends that didn't play any golf before this and then tried it out this summer because, look, this became an effective way for us to see each other, spend time together, get outside, get some exercise, some fresh air, some social time with people that we like or, or maybe people that we don't even know. Who knows? <laughs> the more we found out about the coronavirus, the more we found out that it was compatible with – playing golf safely. Uh, and that made golf a big time winner.
1: Is it sustainable though? That's the question I keep thinking about. I keep getting Mm -hmm. asked all these new golfers, you know, I've never had a harder time booking tee times. That's for damn sure. And so I will gladly have that be the case if golf is going to be healthy, but the 10% gains that will happen within the industry in terms of rounds this year, can they be matched in 2021?
0: That's always been the biggest question. That's, that's our job as people that spend time in the golf industry. Welcome the new people, make sure they're having fun, see what you can do to help them feel comfortable, included, welcome all these good things, because we'd like it that if people came and tried golf, that they would want to come back for another round. Yeah, I agree.
1: Well, transitioning from uh, golf in America to golf in Korea. Korean oh. golf, Korean golf, uh, is a winner in 2020. When you just look at the, the whole, uh, golf ecosystem, Korean golf is a big part of it. And when you look at the, the top performers in the professional ranks, you have five of the top 10 female golfers in the world are mm-hmm. from Korea. Five of them. Number one, number two, you also got number five in B park who, you know she's 32 years old. People think she's past her prime, but she has this renaissance this year. That it's like, wait, she's going to continue playing golf for years to come. Could she become one of the greatest female golfers of all time beyond what she already is? Like, could she win 10 majors? Could she ascend to that?
0: She totally could. 19 wins on the LPGA tour in B, and that's why she's. Oh, she's made it! Wow. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she's like the most prolific winner in golf over the last decade, really, right?
1: Yes. So, she still got it. Korea women still got it. Jin Young Ko is the number one player in the world. She's number one all year long, and she barely even played. She played one LPGA event. Uh, we also have the the emergence, the resurgence. Sung J M who's kind of like golf Twitter's favorite player. He's one of the greatest ball strikers on the planet. He's super young. He showed that he can win on the on the PGA Tour when it's freaking tough. The Honda Classic was tough as hell this year. Arnie's event was tough as hell this year. He finished 3rd there. And then he goes to the Masters, you know, after the pandemic, after the uh, the break, the quarantine, the PGA Tour shut down, comes back and he was the the biggest fight against Dustin Johnson like he was the one who's gonna wear a green jacket if Dustin Johnson was never born so Sung Jae's got it going also like you know in like March and April and May when the coronavirus was really really spreading early on in America shutting down the PGA Tour keeping the LPGA Tour from playing any tournaments Korea actually had golf they showed us the blueprint this is how you set up the clubhouse. This is the arrangement of the tables in the clubhouse. This is, you know, what we think is viable for players' meals during professional golf tournaments. This is what the driving range should look like. They were the leaders in the space uh, because they handled the the virus differently. So shout out to Korea. You all had a big year.
0: I like it. Shout out especially to Sungjae Im because my man is closing on his first house. What is he, 22 years old? 22? That makes
1: him way more responsible than us.
0: Buying a house in the tour pro mecca of Atlanta. Just <laughs> kidding. Nobody lives there. No pro golfers seem to live in Atlanta. But Sung I'm thinking, look, Bryson said his focus on, you know, the most efficient training is to just put on weight and add distance. I'm thinking Sung is realizing the most efficient way to cash in on tour is just move to Atlanta where they host the tour championship every year. And they gave they out sign, all the money. <laughs> where they sign the biggest checks. Um, maybe he's
1: a big like Delta Airlines guy.
0: Oh, that could be. Yeah. Delta. Sky Miles. He's got some points. Um, all right, Sean. Speaking of big checks, a golfer that really cashed her first big check this year, Sophia Popov. Is our next winter of 2020 because, my goodness, if we go back to March to April, uh, the world was fixated. <laughs> the world is actually extremely generous. One little <laughs> sliver of the golf world was fixated on the only sporting events that were still happening. These were events on uh, things called like the Moonlight Tour, the Minor League Tour, the West Florida Golf Tour, and, yes, the Cactus Tour, which was... Uh, Sophia Popov's home at that point. That's where she was playing. I believe she won three Cactus Tour events during quarantine, during the you know the initial hit of the pandemic. So she wasn't exactly like lighting it up on the LPGA Tour. She didn't have status. She had just missed her card. And then at one point in the summer, she was caddying for Ann Van Dam. Seriously, caddying for Ann Van Dam in an LPGA Tour event. Ended up getting into another event, played well, played in a Symmetric Tour event, and then shipped off to the Open Championship where she won, Sean. She won the entire thing. She shot seven under on the weekend to jump from second into really blitzing the field, taking it all over. She'd been ranked number 304 in the world, and then she had $108,000 in career earnings and then won What, $700,000 in one week's work? It's turning into the weekend of her life. Sophia Popov, with all the pressure on, birdies 15 and 16. That is a lot of reward after years of grind. This is not someone that was always destined to be a tour star, tour winner. Shout out, Sophia Popov.
1: Gosh, I mean, I know you're nowhere near number three hundred in the world ranking. That's I don't true. Think you, I don't think you have any ranking points. No. But Sophia Popov, stories like her are exactly why we believe anything can happen in this damn game.
0: Anything. Like our friend
1: happen. Martin Trainer, who he's built his career off of careering it in one week or a couple weeks a year. Mm-hmm. And that could be you too. You can you can get hot for, like, two months and ascend. Like, maybe not as high as she did, but maybe. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Like, Hey, I would definitely like to think so. I'd also like to think that my game would have set up pretty well for winged foot this year if they hadn't canceled open qualifying. But, you know, next year, next year, Sean, we'll be back. Also, shout out Martin Trainer as we always do. My man is searching for it a little bit, but only missed the cut by two shots this week. Mm,
1: improvement. Uh, Padraig Harrington is another winner of twenty twenty. Now, oh, goody. You might think like Padraig. Wait, what? What the hell did he do this year? He started the year three hundred sixteenth in the world, and he's ending the year like two hundred ninety something. So like, mm. what? Oh, he didn't. He didn't do anything. He's past his prime. What he did do is he embraced what the world threw at him with the coronavirus. He said, screw it. Everyone's at home. It's quarantine time. I'm going to be the de facto quarantine swing coach. I hate to say here we go again, obviously, because it is lockdown. Uh, Pretty simple, this one. Uh, And definitely one thing that is misunderstood in the game of golf. So a lot of times they talk about people being stable over the ball. I'm going to go in the backyard I'm going to prop up my Wilson golf bag, give a little sponsorship value, and I'm going to deliver golf tips, swing tips, chipping tips, putting tips, pitching tips, sand bunker tips to the world on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere, YouTube. And I'm going to do it for free and people are going to love it. And he ended up growing his Twitter following by like 40%. He, uh, His Twitter like views have skyrocketed threefold. The guy is proving to everyone that when he decides to quit golf, he will be playing. He will be on the, in the broadcast booth. He will be breaking down swings. He will be forever tinkering with, you know, the, the course setups at, at these courses that host majors. Uh, it was a huge year for Padraig Harrington, despite him not playing very good golf, but he's 49. He's going to be 50 soon. He's going to terrorize the champions tour. And more importantly, he did not have to field the team in September. The European Ryder Cup team, right now, <clears throat> it's looking like it's going to include Victor Perez and Bern Wiesperker and hmm, Matthias Schwab, Robert McIntyre might be involved, Marcus kinholt Don't even know who that guy is. <laughs> Padraig was, was a winner because he didn't have to field the team this year. He gets another nine months to figure out who's going to be on this team.
0: I mean, that's a great one. I think that 2021 drop zone resolution should definitely be to try to have Patty Harrington on this podcast because he's just one of my favorite figures in golf. He's always trying something, always messing around with something, always trying to get better, even though he's about to turn 50. I mean, at that point, I think he will just absolutely wreck the Champions Tour. I hope. (laughs) I hope he does. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, he would just be... God, we got to get him on. Sean, I guess the connection here would be passion for the game. I'm calling 2020 the year of the emergency nine. Look, yes, Americans had more time working from home, but we didn't always necessarily turn it into more fun or anything. I mean, you read about these stats, you see, oh yeah, people saved a ton of time commuting. They basically just spent all that time working instead But, but there was more flexibility for people working from their home offices, and that meant, Sean, more chances to sneak out to the golf course early in the morning, maybe on your lunch break, definitely, hopefully for an evening nine holes. Uh, I certainly took advantage of this being home in Massachusetts at my parents' house and now out in Seattle the last few months. You were out in Wisconsin, and I think played more golf than I remember you playing. Certainly in New York City. What are your thoughts? Oh, Did you get in an emergency nine?
1: Yeah, I think instead of calling it the emergency nine, it was almost the year of the like the why not nine mm. because it's yeah. like, what else do I have going on today? You know, the workday yeah, is wrapping excuse? up. The workday is wrapping up. It's four p.m. and shit. There's three more hours of sunlight. Why don't I go play nine holes? Why don't I add to this handicap? Why don't I go play golf? Um, I played more golf this year in athletic shorts than golf shorts. I played wow. more golf this year in uh, a long sleeve gym shirt or a you know a dry fit than I did in a golf polo. I just I played more golf in comfort. I played more golf knowing that the golf course wasn't going to be checking my attire. I loved it. I think a lot of people did the same, uh, and I think golf will benefit as a result.
0: Yeah, I guess it's the year of like the elastic waistband in Zoom meetings, on the golf course. Definitely, I'm I'm pro-drawstring on the golf course, and I've been trying to make that happen. Can't say for sure that it's catching on, but I think we're seeing a trend in the right direction.
1: All right, my last winner. I don't feel great about it, but it's a winner nonetheless. Tour players, PGA Tour players won in 2020. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they did not have their purse sizes changed. That money kept coming in despite the PGA Tour having, I would call, a significant round of dozens of layoffs. People that don't make six figures, they were laid off well. You know, the people that tend to make seven figures, some people, even make eight figures. Their purse sizes didn't change. And uh, that's a victory for them, that's for sure. When the PGA Tour uh, had events canceled, PGA Tour players saw events created. They said, hey, just because you can't get into the Memorial Tournament and play Mirfield Village, we're going to create a workday charity open for you. Here's an event. Here's more money. Sponsors are looking out for these tour players. Even if you sucked. Robert Streb just talked about it yesterday after winning the his tour event. Even if you sucked, the PGA Tour player was not going to, to change status. You weren't going to lose your status. There weren't these corn fairy tour players coming for you, getting graduating to the tour and taking priority away from you. Uh, so, tour players were looked out for in 2020. There also was an incredibly legit bubble. Golf came back before Mm -hmm. the NBA came back, before Major League Baseball came back, before football was even considered. Golf created a bubble where players were prioritized, health was prioritized. It was very safe. You've been to these tournaments. It was pretty chill. PGA Tour players, all things considered, had it better this year than most, and and they are winners for that.
0: It's always good to be a Tour player. I would say this year... (laughs) more than ever I mean ratings were up purses as you said stayed the same in a world where it seems like everyone was taking pay cuts across the sports world it's definitely a good time to be a PGA Tour player especially if you're one of those that made it to East Lake, where they were handing out those big checks again at the Tour Championship uh yeah I mean for my fifth I really just was was thinking about a few of the other people that that rose to the occasion in 2020. These are just sort of some honorable mentions. Uh, Dustin Johnson won the Masters, you might recall. That'll change his legacy, honestly, change his life. He seems to be doing okay, going to St. Bart's for a, a week's vacation right after slipping on the green jacket. Uh, he was a big one. Hoodies, I think we, you you mentioned. Oh, casual wait, wear. wait,
1: yeah, yeah. How about Adidas?
0: Adidas, Dustin Johnson
1: is an Adidas man. Colin Morikawa, an Adidas man. Tyrrell Hatton, probably playing the best golf of his life in hoodies, selling those sweatshirts. Paulina Gretzky, selling a ton of merch for Adidas. She
0: moved some merch. Uh, you're forgetting a guy named John Rahm, who's world number two. Xander Shoffley, who's world number eight. Daniel Kang, who's having a terrific year. Uh, Pretty good year, all in all, for Adidas golf. I mean, my goodness. Adidas. Uh, Shout out to them. And then shout out to the golf gadget world because monster year for you guys. Uh, There were those things in in the cups where you, like, lift them so you don't have to touch the cup that were big at the start of the year. Uh, You know, the pool noodles. You had various different devices. But then really just anything at home to help you training to get better monster year for the putting mat. I don't think that they can possibly make enough of those things. <laughs> so shout out to the golf gadget world.
1: I don't know if the putting mat is ever going to go higher than it did this year.
0: No, it may It may have peaked. This may be the peak for the putting mat. Um, Sean, how'd we do this year? You know, I mean, we talked about it at the top a little bit, but I guess we don't have to make any new year's resolutions just yet. We're not quite there. We're beating the rush on the end of year content, but we're not quite ready for the new year content yet.
1: No, I just want to play a couple better courses next year.
0: Where's your handicap at? Speaking of winners, what's like, just give me like, give <laughs> me this 15 second rundown on where you're at.
1: We started the year at a 10. We finishing the year at a 10. We are perpetually at 10. It's okay. I, played, I won I won Wisconsin golf this year. One of my friends wanted me to make note of this. I went home during the quarantine, lived in Wisconsin for five months, and I hit the Wisco Grand Slam. I played Whistling Straits, played Black Wolf Run with you. I played mm-hmm. Aaron Hills multiple times, and I played Sand Valley multiple times. I hit the Wisco Grand Slam.
0: I mean, I don't want to necessarily add you to this list, but certainly sounds like not a bad year to be Sean Zock. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And hopefully a better year next year.
0: All right. I like that. That's a, that's a good way, probably, to leave it. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. Happy holidays to everybody out there. However, you're celebrating, you know, we know things are a little bit different this year. We're laying low, we're thinking of you guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Lee Finer, who expertly produced this week's episode. At least we're anticipating that he's going to expertly produce it once we send him this recording. And uh, we will see you next week.